Welcome to the show. Today's guest is blogger Caitlin Smith, and she talks about going after what you want, living her life as a digital nomad, and much, much more. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And today I have another special guest for the show, and her name is Caitlin Smith. And I'm just really excited to talk with Caitlin because... We're part of the same uh, Rich 20-something group on Facebook, and I, I saw a post that she put on there about uh, living a digital nomad lifestyle, and I was like, that's really cool. I, I haven't talked with someone who does that, and so when um, she posted that, I took that opportunity to you know reach out to her and, and see if she'd be interested in coming on, and of course, she said yes. So she's here today. So Caitlin, thanks for being willing to come on um, the show. And how are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And no, just before we got on the show, we were just, you know, getting to know each other a little bit and and just talking about where we're from. So I live in Michigan, and Caitlin, you're originally from Canada. Yes, I live uh, just near Toronto. Okay, sweet. So can you just talk about, you know, just for starters, you know, who you are and, and, and you know, your journey and, and what it is that you do that brought you to what you're currently doing? Okay, yeah, I'll sort of tell you my story of how I came from Canada to be where I am now. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm currently in Thailand. Um, so I lived a sort of typical life, you could say. I did what I thought I was supposed to do, um, go to school, I went to university. I didn't really see um, not going to university as an option just because society makes it seem like that's the thing to do, so that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And then I got a job. Um, I had wanted to travel after university, but the job market was really hard at the time and I had an opportunity for a job, so I took it and I figured I'd get some experience and then do my traveling. Um, so I started working and before I knew it, three years had passed mm. and when I was working, it was every day in this little cubicle mm -hmm. and over time, once, <laughs> over time, once I got settled into that role, I, I sort of took a step back and just re-looked at it. Is this my life in this, this little cubicle? And I, I could tell it wasn't, um, healthy or natural to be sitting at a desk for eight hours a day. Right. Um, I didn't have any major health problems, but I could just see that my health was not, you know, um, not as it was before. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that I needed to make some changes. Um, it was really difficult for me because I'm very passionate about traveling and experiencing other cultures. I feel like you learn so much from that. Right. And, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm silent. Um, <laughs> So I'm, I was very passionate about learning about other cultures, not just to travel to vacation, but to really learn about the world. And my vacation time was 10 days a year. So mm -hmm. I pretty much worked the whole year to live for those 10 days. And it just seemed like 
there is so much more to life. So I started giving myself, I started down three paths and I let, you know, whichever one panned out, take that direction. So I knew I needed to make some changes. So my first idea was a career change into something more, you know, nutrition or fitness, something that's healthy for you, not at a desk. My main goal was to not be behind a desk. Right. Um, and then I, I knew that I was looking at, okay, what are my passions? What can I do? And one of my passions was traveling, but it's very difficult to make a living off of traveling. Mm-hmm. So it seemed. So I, I thought my only option was to teach English abroad. So I took my, my certificate to teach English abroad and that was going to be another route that I was going to look into and see what happened from that. Right. And then when I was on Facebook one day, I saw an article about this program called Remote Year. And Remote Year, what it does is it takes a group of 75 individuals that work remotely. So they work off of their computer um, from anywhere in the world. I had never even heard of the term digital nomad before. I didn't know what that even meant. Um, So I read this article and it seemed so surreal that I could... I could get paid to travel the world and I could still do a job. I did like my job that I did. I just mm-hmm. didn't like that I had to be at a desk all the time. So to learn that I could do my same job that I was doing before, but travel, it just seems like such a far-fetched dream. The most ideal dream that I could have ever imagined was to be able to work and travel the world. Mm. Um, but it was such a far-fetched dream that it wasn't even a dream that I ever really chased after or really went after. I tried okay. to, be, you know, with the teaching abroad, seem more, more achievable or realistic. Right. So um, I applied to the program um, and I got accepted, which was really exciting because it had quite some competition to get into it. Um, and then my, my biggest challenge from there was finding a job that would let me work remotely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this this whole concept is very new. Um, a lot of people are starting to, you know, freelance, um, work off their computers, not being restricted by an office, working from home. Um, so it, it was a bit challenging. Um, so for me, my background, I worked at an advertising agency as a project manager. Okay. And I worked at a, a small digital shop. So uh, am I am I dragging this on too long? This is no. a long story. No, no, keep going. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, I, with my background, it wasn't completely flexible to work remotely. Mm-hmm. Of course, my role could have been done remotely, but the mindset of people in that industry is that you can't do it remotely, even right. though you can. Um, so I tried to, I had to make a bit of a shift with my career, and that's when I still do marketing, um, but now I'm doing online marketing. So I just sort of had to shift my focus a bit, mm-hmm. um, and then so yeah, I was. For months, I spent hours upon hours trying to find a remote job. Um, there's a lot of resources online of, um, you know, flex jobs. I use flex jobs a lot, and they they post remote positions only. Really? Um, yeah. There's a there's a bunch of resources. Um, I do mention them, I believe, in my blog, The okay. Remote Nomad. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of websites that post jobs that are solely for working remotely. So the biggest challenge I face when trying to find a remote job is that the majority of these positions are available for Americans, and I'm Canadian. So that was the first challenge. So that cut my my selection down to about half. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't a developer, so that put my selection <laughs> down to about like 10 or 15%. Um, most remote jobs are for developers. Um, but 
if you're creative, there are options. So anyways, I applied, I spent hours, hours just trying to apply for a job and nothing was coming through. Um, it was proving really difficult. The program was started and the whole concept of the program is that you have a remote job and okay. I still didn't have one. So I was starting to get a bit stressed. Um, but I, this was about to be the biggest dream I've ever had come true oh, and I was cool. not going to give up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I booked a one-way ticket to go meet with the program, and I didn't have a job, but I would just thought, I'm just going to do it. Right. Everything I've ever done in my past, I've done these crazy things that I really wanted, and it almost seems risky to some people, but it always works out. So I knew it would work out. I couldn't be unemployed forever. Something had to give. <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I'd already spent hours, and like hundreds of hours, just applying for a job. So I, I went to the program and I did not have a lot of money saved up. So I just had enough to get by for a month. So I gave myself a month to go, go on the program and find a job. Mm -hmm. um, so I joined the program and then with our program, we connect with the local community. So we were at a local workspace, um, a co-working space, which oh, is nice. really popular. Yeah. It's really popular for digital nomads. So there were some locals we were connecting with, and I was telling every person that I was <laughs> in need of a job and what my background was. <laughs> um, in doing so, um, I was connected with someone who knew somebody that was actually looking to hire. Oh, sweet. So, so I reached out, and we connected, and as the stars were aligning perfectly, this was after two weeks uh, on the program, um, the company that I had applied for, they actually operate remotely. So it was just, it didn't have to sell the idea of allowing oh, wow. me to work. Okay. Yeah. So it came together really nice. Um, and during this time too, so, you know, I, I went on the program, I had a month to find a job. And during this time, my laptop decides to just die no and I had to find one. <laughs> so I was like... I had my breaking point. Like, it couldn't have gone any worse. I was, you know, on this program. I needed a job. I only had enough money for a month. My laptop broke. I can't get a job unless I have a laptop. It's pretty important. Um, but it was so expensive, and I just, you know, I, I thought that I would have to go home. I thought that was it. Um, and then, you know, everything sort of lined up. And, and yeah, now I am working remotely, and... With the program I'm on, we um, we go to a new country every month. Okay. So for the last six, yeah. So for the last six months, we've been um, working remotely as a group, traveling to a new country every month, and we've been we did Europe. We did four countries in Europe. We're in Asia right now. We're on our second country here in Asia, and then um, once we're done in Asia, we'll be going to South America. Really. Yeah, that, I mean that's a badass story, especially how it all, <laughs> how it just all came together at the end. As far as yeah, <laughs> that's that's. I tried to I tried to really um, <laughs> explain that to people because for me, I, I just so many people I meet say, "I wish I wish I could do what you're doing," and right. I say, "You can, and and anybody can." And but everyone just makes excuses, and it's how bad you want it. I, I never wanted anything more in my entire life, and I did everything I possibly could to fight to make it happen. So when I hear people say, 
um, you know, oh, but I can't because of this or that. It's just an excuse of, you know, if you really want something, you're going to do anything to make it happen. So if you say, oh, it's just, it's not a right time or, oh, I have a car, like, you can figure those things out. A car is not physically holding you back. You can sell the car, you can rent it, you can give it to somebody. It's just about your priorities. And my priorities were to be able to travel. Um, but if your priorities are more to buy a house or a car, then, you know, but it's just, it's frustrating for me sometimes that um, to hear people and they think that they can't do it, um, even if they don't have the, the proper job to be a digital nomad, um, you just have to be creative or change career paths. It's never, I don't want to say this was an easy journey because it was challenging for me. For some people, right. it would be easy. Um, but it's just it's really about how bad you want something. But you know what, though? I'm, I'm glad it wasn't easy for you because then this interview would be, oh, yeah, I just decided to do the program and now I'm here. That's it. <laughs> I think, yeah. I, I think the, the challenges, you know, especially for what you had to go through, really add, you know, that, that um, the character to, to um, what you're doing over there. And, and I just wanted to ask, you know, what, what is it that, that just made you tick like this i know you said it came from just growing up but i think you know i want to go into that a little bit just to see like what's your your makeup i guess if you will as far as you know you're you're thinking that you know what i don't need all these other things here this is what i want i'm gonna go for it where does that come from <clears throat> yeah so there's um this developed over time there were i'm a very i'm the type of person that just goes for something if mm -hmm. i want it um, and I think a big thing to note is that if I had listened to people who had doubted me oh, yeah. um, through in the past, I would have never had these most amazing experiences that I've had in life. I've done some really cool things. Um, this is obviously one of the highlights. Um, everything from small things in university, from you know a competition, like I did marketing competitions in okay. university. And there's people that would doubt my ideas or this or that and, and a few other things. Um, and so people would doubt me and I just sort of thought, okay, you know what, I'm just going to, and I'm not going to listen to them. I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to continue on. And in doing so, I would, I found myself succeeding because when I put my passion behind something, behind something, I would always succeed at it. Right. So it was sort of a driver because it would start with something small and then I would try to achieve something a bit bigger, a bit bigger. And, um, and what I wanted to happen would always manifest just because I had so much passion behind what I was doing. And I think that's a powerful driver. And I also realized that if you look at the most successful and inspirational people in the world, they don't follow this, this status quo. They're not the people that are sitting in traffic for an hour to sit in an office from nine to five to do, go back. Like, the most inspirational people aren't doing that. So I realized that if you want to do something cool with your life, you can't follow the status quo. You have to do something different and break free of what society thinks you should do right. and just follow follow your true passion of what you want to do. Like right now, um, like even for this lifestyle, I'm by no means am I making a lot of money. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say that. Um, but what I could say is that the, the lifestyle I'm living makes me so happy that it's not about the money. I just need enough to, you know, 
to do what I'm doing and then that makes me happy and the fact that I can, you know, finish a work day and be at a beach in Thailand, like it's it's way more than any dollar value or salary could be, which sort of also leads me to the next point that, you know, I think a lot of people value place success as a monetary value. Um, when it's it goes way beyond that. And for me I think success is being happy and being a good person and um, you know helping others and I think that's when you have a successful life um, when it's fueled by um, like greed or you know I think it's good to you know want to be um, financially successful for the good reasons but it's when people get greedy that it um, doesn't work out so well okay now this is going to be on, on video and audio, but so I'm looking at you right now, and just when you're talking about that, and you know, you're just lighting up, and I can see all <laughs> the, the animation and passion that your, your heart is into, you know, exactly, you know, what you're saying, so, so I think that's awesome um, to see that on your face, and I'm also digging the, 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 the colorful <laughs> banner behind you. Is this wrong? We okay. tried to decorate. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the hotel right now, so we tried to make it a little more lively and fun. So yeah. Decorating in the room. <laughs> Reminds me of all the yoga stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that's awesome. But yeah, so here you are living this uh, digital nomadic lifestyle. Someone who has said the hell with what everyone else thinks about what's achievable or, or even acceptable and you've just gone and, and pushed the boundaries of I guess your comfort zone and and just gone to do these things that you've always dreamt of doing so now I just want to talk about you know what what is it like you know being there and as far as or even how does one you know become a digital nomadic lifestyle we kind of touched on it a little bit but what would be some suggestions if for anyone who's listening in and they're like huh I want to do that as well. Yes, I'm very excited to tell you about this because when I first started this journey, mm -hmm. I literally didn't even think it was possible and I had no idea where to start. Right. And it's it's very confusing when you're not in this community of nomads. It can be very challenging to know where to start. Um, but now that once you're in it, it's it's very easy. Um, so my biggest thing is I think the biggest hurdle a lot of people face is they need to just get over their own fears and thoughts. Okay. Um, you, I was I've been reading the Four Hour Work Week recently. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. <laughs> so a really good point made in that book is the fact. Um, that you, you can look at all the things that can go wrong. And I guess in my journey, when I would tell people about what I was doing, some people would say all the things that could go wrong. And I would say, what about all the things that could go right? And it's right. just about, if you really look at the pros and cons, like, oh, I have a car at home. I don't know if this is the right time. Or I could be on the beach every day in Thailand. I could have freedom. I could work whenever I want. I could do this. I could do that. It's just sort of, you know, you have to think of the Possibilities and the possibilities usually um, those those are more likely to they will come come true you know when you pursue this anyway so my my point being is I think a lot of people first of all just need to get over that fear if it's about 
Um, quitting a job, for example, that's a big one for people. I think that, you know, there's never a right time. It's always going to be another paycheck. And at the end of the day, people need to realize, you know, they think they have this commitment to their boss, but they're, they could easily be replaced any day. And I think that people almost have more of a commitment to a company than a company has to them. And, you know, I think if you, you know, having that good relationship with your employer, they're going to be, um, you know, if you leave on the terms of you're trying to pursue something and, and follow your dreams, um, you know, they're going to be very supportive of that and think it's a great thing that, you know, you're, you're following the direction that you want. Right. Um, so I think that people just really need to, um, you know, I think something that helps is setting a timeline. So for me, I, I booked that one-way ticket because it's it sort of people do well under pressure and, yeah, and yeah. put the pressure on. So the ticket was booked. So the job had to be found. There is no, you could put it off and you can put it off and you can put it off. But when you do something in that bold, it forces you to take action. Mm-hmm. So whether, you know, I had before I had a date lined up of, okay, this is the date that I quit my job. This, my ticket is booked. I, I am, I'm going on that plane. This is the date I have to find a job by. And when you're really passionate behind something and you sort of put those in place, the world has a weird way of helping you along. Mm. Um, and in my my past examples from something small to big, that's it's usually worked out. Um, so the biggest, I guess, the next hurdle for people would be finding a remote job. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a few options that you can go about for this. Um, so for me at first... Um, I had a job offer to work at an office and I had it, I had to try to persuade them to let me work remotely. And because this is such a new concept and idea, a lot of people have an old mind of thinking and they're not very open to it. So it can be challenging. Um, I would suggest to people that are currently working at a job that they think could be done remotely, that they, um, they talk to their employer and propose you know, a six month sabbatical or a one year sabbatical, but on that sabbatical, they will be working remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's less overwhelming for an employer to commit to six months or a year than say, let me work remotely forever. Right. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people on our program, um, because they're on the program, they're, you know, when they were presenting this idea to their employer, it was on the basis of, I'm going on this program. So the employers, you know, would, a lot of employers did say yes. Um, and then with them working remotely, their employers have seen how successful this has been. People have gotten, there's been a bunch of promotions that people have gotten. Wow. Um, yeah. So I think that people almost work harder when they're working remotely to prove the point that it can be done and that good work can be done anywhere. Um, so I think, um, you know, talking with your employer and I think if, if, if you can just ask them for that little chunk of time, six months or a year, and then once you're doing that six months or a year working remotely and they see how successful and how productive and, and how well it's working out, that they'll be more inclined to extend it. So it's sort of your way to sort of slowly lead into it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's also really important that you don't just throw this idea at your boss like, hey, can I work remotely? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really important to have a detailed plan. Um, saying why it would be good for the company. And I think it's really important that people remember 
your employer doesn't care how it benefits you because yeah, it's cool. They want to know how it's going to benefit them. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stats on remote workers, how they're more productive. You know, there's the cost savings because, you know, you don't have to pay for some, but like the lighting, you know, a desk space, a computer, there's a lot of costs that are saved that way. Mm. Um, you know, there's longer retention with um, digital nomads, um, less, fewer sick days. There's a, a lot of benefits that outweigh um, employees that are in the office. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to put together a really detailed proposal of how it can benefit your employer, why you want to do it. Um, I think it's also important that you're honest about the challenges. So when I created a proposal, there are times where there are client meetings. Mm-hmm. So I, I put that in the proposal, you know, the challenges that would be faced and how I propose to overcome that. Okay. So with Skype and Google Hangouts, um, you know, you can be at meetings virtually and you know, with the physical, sometimes, you know, you literally need something printed off and that's when you could write in your proposal, well, you know, realistically, I'm going to have to rely on my team members during that time, but I can, you know, join via Hangout. And I think with that honesty of the challenges, um, your employer will, I think, respect and be more inclined to let you, Um, even with the time zone challenges. So when I was creating my proposal, I was very honest and upfront. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, if you want me to work 9 to 5 <laughs> Eastern Standard Time, that's no problem in Asia because it is. So I'm going to be, work- be working nights, right? right. So it's, it's just an, a matter of, <laughs> of being honest with them. Um, but, yeah, so my suggestion is create a really detailed, well-thought-out proposal so your employer knows that you're serious about this and why they should really consider it. And even just how the trends of... You know, everyone wants to be, you know, on top of their technology and being innovative oh, and what. And this is a prime example of a, all the new big tech companies and everything work remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way of the direct. It's just the direction it's going. Um, and I think that you know, people, a lot of companies want to be, you know, one step ahead of everyone else, and this is sort of a way to make it happen. Mm. Um, but sorry, going back, um, creating a proposal and I think, you know, booking a meeting with your employer just saying, you know, I just want to talk to you about an opportunity. Um, when do you have time? Booking an hour and then taking them through that whole proposal. Okay. Um, so my question with that one is um, mm-hmm. what, where have you seen, I guess, from their experience um, from being over there with the year and interacting with the, the other people in the program, what backgrounds are they coming from just so people can sort of like visualize oh this was the job that um that people were doing but again only as an example because i know you were saying that you have to be creative and kind of see like where Mm. those where those silver linings come from but where are the people coming from um in the program you're in now okay so yeah i will give you some examples and then i will maybe give some insights on how people can be creative Mm -hmm. so Obviously, developers are a very high-demand job for remote work, so there's a lot of developers, there's designers, there's um, copywriters, marketers, we even have a lawyer um, that's on our program, Um, there's people that work in finance, Um, I think, um, so it, it really... I think shows that you can literally, if you, if you really, again, if you really want something that you can, that you can, you know, make it happen. Um, I don't, 
I don't think anyone's ever heard of a lawyer working remotely, but obviously it's possible, right? Um, I think another thing is, is, you know, I give an example of, so some people say, okay, I, I went to school for history. How am I supposed to do this? And my suggestion is you could do, you know, copywriting for something, you know, a company that's, that's their topic, history. Right. There's like, there's companies that talk about these different things. Um, another one is, you know, if someone went to school as a teacher, Again, um, depending on what their focus was, you know, copywriting could be suitable. Um, teachers are obviously <laughs> very capable and, you know, mm -hmm. know. And um, I think that, you know, even for teachers, there's a lot of companies that have online courses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's an opportunity there. Um, for people that are, you know, into working out and fitness, um, there's lots of opportunities for ebooks or online videos showing people how to do this or webinars. Um, and you just have to pick, you know, decide which ones you want to charge money for. So right. you could have a job as a personal trainer thinking it's impossible, but you just have to think of how you can take what you're doing and bring it online. Mm. And a lot of people use the internet to learn and people will pay money online to learn, to learn stuff. So, um, if you have the knowledge in an area that you can share online and that people are willing to pay for, it can really be creative and make it work. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting oh. you. <laughs> no, that's good. No, that's good. Um, yeah, so I, the whole committing an employer to work remotely is going to be a toss of the coin. Mm. I, I I can't say it will work or it won't. Um, I do suggest, though, that if that doesn't work for people, um, that they start looking online for a remote job. Um, so there's some resources that I like, and these are websites that post job openings for solely remote work positions. Okay, wow. um, so one is called We Work Remotely. Um, another one is called Flex Jobs. And another one is called Remote OK. So these companies post um, job positions for remote work only. Um, I think another thing to consider is if you go on these websites and you think none of these fit mm -hmm. what I'm doing, I, I am not qualified for any of these, then it's time to think, okay, what are which of these openings would I be interested in and what can I do to make myself more of an ideal candidate? Um, so for me, I was looking and there wasn't anything exactly that lined up, but I saw a lot of online marketing okay. and I wasn't, um, I had experience with it. Um, it wasn't super robust. So I started, you know, you just start acting on, okay, what can I do? So I started my blog. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously someone knows I'm capable of online writing, a bit of SEO, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's about looking at the opportunities and seeing what you need to do, um, what you need to do in order to get the job that you want. Okay. Um, which goes to the other thing is that if you want to work remotely and your job just really isn't letting you, you might need to consider a career change. Um, and some people, it might be overwhelming to think of a career change, but if you really want to work remotely, it's not a, it's not a big problem. Right. Um, and then I guess the, the final way that someone could find work remotely is just freelance work or starting a business. Okay. A lot of digital nomads work as freelancers. Um, there's also a really good, um, 
I think another important area for me, the reason I found my job is because I connected with the nomad community. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can connect with the community. Um, there's Facebook groups. There's a really good resource called um, hashtag nomads, I believe it's mm-hmm. called. And it's um, Slack. Are you familiar with Slack? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Slack is really, is very popular among nomads. Okay. So there's this group um, in Slack and it's called, it's called hashtag nomads. Um, there's a website for it as well, but there's just tons of nomads there talking based on location about jobs, et cetera, et cetera. You can ask questions about, you know, um, legal advice or finances, whatever it be. Um, and even just online, looking at blogs and seeing, um, you know, reaching, just looking at blogs, just connecting with them. Co-working spaces are always full of nomads. Um, that's another good way. Um, meetups, that's another good way. They think that by connecting with that nomad community, everyone is very passionate about this lifestyle and they want to help people. Um, so I, I, if you, you know, I could never imagine a nomad that would turn someone away that's saying, can you help me figure this out? Um, so yeah, I definitely, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there with so-and-so knows so-and-so who needs somebody. Um, because we're in this nomad community, all of, um, I guess you could say, the people I'm connected with now are all, you know, remote job mm-hmm. openings that I hear about. Whereas for most people, they don't hear about remote jobs. But once you get into the community and you're connected with it, that seems to be all you're surrounded with. Right. Sounds very inviting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. It is. It's a very, it is. We've, we've just met a couple nomads this month where we're staying and it's, it's, awesome to meet them because they, they understand what you're going through and, you know, you're doing the same thing and, you know, everyone's there to, you know, share their skills and what they're learning. Um, every nomad that I've met so far, you know, I've given them some advice as, you know, a challenge they were facing and how they can overcome it. And then they've also given me great resources of, you know, things that can help me along the way as well. Nice. That's really cool. Because yeah. it sounds like, you know, because I studied abroad when I was in college, and I think it so- sounds like almost the same thing. That the people who were studying abroad, they knew what it was like to do it. And so everyone's spirits were just always seemed to be, you know, lifted up high, and they weren't like, you know, uh, mad or, or having those negative emotions. Mm-hmm. It was almost like, you know, a, I don't want to say a kumbaya thing every time, but I mean, it kind of was because just everyone yeah. was so full of like positive vibes and energy. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. That's almost as, absolutely. That's really cool. So what else yeah. um, would you suggest, you know, so now we're first getting over that fear and then we're doing the proposal or even maybe switching uh, career paths if that what it takes to become a digital nomad and then also being involved in those communities so what do we need to do from there so um i think the biggest thing is is then now it's the actual if you have the job you've got over the fear now it's you know what do i where do i start where do i go um i think the biggest tip that i have for people becoming nomads is the most important thing that is going to be your life is your computer mm-hmm. and good and good internet um, finding somewhere? Um, I think your workspace and your sleeping situation are really important factors. 
Um, I would suggest that people, I didn't even know really that co-working spaces existed, which is so bad, but they're great. Um, and I think that, you know, looking online and finding out where these co-working spaces are. And the thing that I really learned while traveling is that <laughs> growing up in Canada, when you have bad internet, it's not ever that bad. Mm-hmm. The internet is not as developed around the world. Right. So the, the internet can be very slow and very unreliable around the world. Um, and I think that there's something called speedtest.net mm-hmm. and that's a good way to measure your internet connectivity. So if people are in America, for example, they can do a speedtest.net on their computer and see what their computer speeds are at. And then when you're trying to look at places where you want to stay or work and you know, you're trying to sort this out from home, you can just shoot them an email and say, run your speed test, send it back to me, and then it will give you an idea of what you're working with. Mm. Um, the, the challenge also, it's not really a challenge, but I think people need to consider when you're living this lifestyle, um, you're still working. So I, I still work Monday to Friday. I work, you know, eight hours a day. So... I guess the best way I can explain it is if I was at home working nine to five, Monday to Friday, I would not be very productive sleeping in a hostel every night. Mm. It would be distracting. You wouldn't get a good sleep. You'd be tired the whole time. So you need to consider the fact, yes, you can do it very cheap and you can stay in a hostel, but the chances are is you're not going to have, you know, a good sleep. You're not going to have internet internet there that you can rely on. Um, So you sort of need to find a balance of something that, you don't want to spend a million dollars on accommodations, mm-hmm. but you need to find the balance of, you know, I think people need to realize this isn't a vacation. It's a, it's a lifestyle. This mm-hmm. is something that is forever for me. My, my foreseeable future moving okay. forward right. is, is this lifestyle. So you need to consider, okay, do I, am I comfortable with this on a regular basis? And if I'm not, you're not going to be comfortable with it abroad. Um, one of the other things is, you know, I, all of my possessions are in a suitcase and a backpack, and that's it. Um, so you have to be really particular with you know the items that you bring. So I think one of the things I learned when packing is I'm like, okay, I'm going to wear this and this. I haven't worn it in six months, but I'm going to wear it traveling because mm-hmm. for some reason I'm just going to like it when I'm traveling. But you're not going to. If you don't wear it or like it at home, you're not going to wear it or like it when you're traveling just because you're traveling. And I think that's the other thing too is that like, I think people think, you know, there's sort of a backpacker type of thing, but as I've been living this lifestyle a bit more, I'm like, okay, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, (laughs) you sort of like still want to sometimes put makeup on and whatnot, right? right? Like this is your life now. It's just you're doing it somewhere else. So like, oh, I'm going to be like no makeup, whatever. (laughs) I mean, there's a balance. There's a balance, but that's the best way I can explain it. Um, So, yeah, I I think that from there, I I, I also really suggest a lot of places that that I've gone to, um, just I think – what I had wanted to travel before um, before doing this program and I was doing so much research of where to go and what to do, mm-hmm. I think just people need to not overthink it and not just figure out what country you want to go to, get there and figure it out. I wouldn't suggest someone I wouldn't suggest someone book a whole year or six months accommodation right. from abroad. Um, the, 
when I've landed into a country, um, you know, I would have a hotel booked for a few days. And it's once I wander around, I'm like, wow, there's this amazing place that's way better to stay at and way cheaper. You really have to just sort of dive into it. And it's not as scary as people think. It, it's To me, when someone said that to me before, I'd be like, whoa, 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 this needs to be planned out. Right, right. Um, but it's really not that overwhelming. And, you know, connecting with co-working spaces and expats and asking, and asking them questions of what they did, people are full of advice. So, um... Yeah, I would definitely say don't overthink it and, <laughs> and don't overplan. I've gone to a country and I took a side trip to Bali thinking, okay, five days is good enough in Bali. And I fell in love with it and I wanted to stay longer. So I had to rebook my ticket. So I think, you know, book one-way tickets because <laughs> you never know. You know, I've been to places that I don't enjoy as much and I would like to leave after a week. Mm-hmm. And I've been in places that I really enjoy and I want to be there for five months, six okay. months. So I think you just really need to go with the flow and, you know, book the one-way ticket, see how it goes. If you're starting to really like it, great. You can stay longer um, and it just gives you more flexibility. So so speaking of that, how, how does it work with you in, in remote years? So are you able to go wherever you want or is there more like an established timeline for you have to be in a certain place for so long? Okay, so the way it works is... Um, there, there are two parts. I have my remote job, mm-hmm. which is completely separate from the program. The okay. program is essentially a travel agency. Mm-hmm. And what they do is every month I get paid by my boss and I get a certain income and I give so much money every month to the program. Okay. And with that, the program, it will pay for my accommodations. It will pay for my airfare and transportation between countries. It pays for some events and activities, a couple meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so the program is really great. Um, so there's, there's 75 of us, but we're not 75 people side by side doing everything together 24 okay. seven. Um, for example, if there's a remote year event, some people will be like, yeah, I want to go to that. I'm going to go. Some people are like, man, I don't really feel like doing that because we're all so 75 people. It's so different. Um, and there'll be people that break off into groups. So, you know, one night if I think, okay, I'm going to go to the movies, who's down for the movies? A couple people. Another day I want to do something else. There might be a different group that's interested in that. Okay. Um, we have a lot of flexibility. Um, so every month we are in, we're in a specific country that month, but it's very common that people take side trips to, um, like bordering countries, for example. Ah, I see. So, especially when we're in Europe, all the countries are so close. So people, they can just come and go as they please. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, they have their, their base with the group in the country that we're at for the month, but people will just come and go as they want. So for me, yeah. So for me, Bali was supposed to be a side trip, but then I decided I loved it and wanted to stay longer. So I stayed longer. Nice. Um, and then I just met back up with the group after. Okay. And how, yeah. long, how long have you been in the program now for then? We're on month six right now, so almost finishing up our six month. Yeah, that's awesome. So, gosh, you talked about you know not having those um, or not caring so much about the material possessions, especially especially where we grow up, where it's all about you know material things and and how much stuff mm-hmm. we have. What 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 is your lifestyle like now if that are you just you know one suitcase one backpack or did you bring a whole bunch of uh different things with you 
So one thing that I've learned with this nomad lifestyle is that, so with travelers, the thing is always, oh, I've been to this many countries, and you always want to be to more countries than the next person. I find with nomads, it's about, oh, I only have a backpack. Oh, I don't have two suitcases. I want. Like, you want to have the least possible stuff. Um, It makes your life so much easy and simple. Um, I only have so many clothing options, so I'm not sitting in the closet thinking, like, what am I going to wear today? Like, okay, this is clean. I'm wearing this today. Um, it's, it's very freeing and liberating to not be tied down by possessions. My days are spent um, really, I would say, living. And, you know, I would never... I, I maybe watched TV once since I've been on this program. And I think I've watched maybe a couple movies. And I think a lot of people... They get in this routine where they go to work and they're like, oh, I'm just going to not really do anything. But when you're in a new country every month, you're like, wow, it's amazing. I'm, I'm going to do this and this. And you realize how much living in life you can do yeah. when you're you're motivated to do that. I would. There's no way I would choose watching a movie over going to the beach, exactly. you know, or hiking up to a waterfall. It's just there's so many amazing things in the world. Um, and to not, you know... Instead of possessions, my focus is on experiences and living. And it's just, even just traveling, you see people who have much less than what an American standard would be. And they're so happy. And they're about the relationships and connecting with people. And I think when you remove yourself from possessions, your values start to shift on, you know, on those relationships because those are the things that you have and and your experiences and it just becomes so much more important and I don't think there's one person in the world that can say I got rid of my possessions to focus on you know being happy um there's probably not one person that can say I got rid of all my stuff and you know I've become miserable it's always so liberating for people there's this whole movement of people living in those tiny houses now because they want to be free they don't want to be tied down by a mortgage and working as a slave to their job for their entire life just to pay for a house they can't be in because they have to go to work and it's just this vicious cycle Um, but yeah I think it's you know it it really it also makes you think um, when I'm traveling I think it's so easy when you're, you know, in like America, Canada, and you're like, oh, I want this. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to get it. Mm. But for me, it's like, that weighs a lot. And that's going to make yeah. my suitcase down. <laughs> or I don't have room. And it's it, you really, you literally, if I want something, I have to think about what I'm going to get rid of to accommodate for that. And if it's worth it. It's not like you have this so much space in your house to... Mm to fill you because you have just this little suitcase you're really thinking about your priorities and do I really like what can I get rid of is it worth it and usually it's not and you're just fine with what you have I think that was probably the the most realest part when you said that weighs too much I can't take it with <laughs> and I think that's like like such a, a a metaphor for life because you know we put a lot of baggage on ourselves and it weighs us down so yeah, get get rid of the things you don't need or aren't important, and so you can be you know more free and travel and 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 just increase your happiness. Cause I feel like even the same as for me, like, cause I you know first going to college and stuff, I took a whole bunch of stuff with me, and then I was like, you know what, I really don't need like two, three suitcases. Then every year I went back, just one suitcase, 
And then when I, yeah. and then when I moved and I lived, in, I was in a program in Philadelphia for a semester, just one suitcase and, and then didn't watch TV, was always going out, exploring the city, doing all these different things. And even the same thing when I went to Paris, it was like, yeah, I don't, I don't need a bunch of stuff. All I had was my bag. And, and I think you're right when you talk about how, how freeing it is. And the same thing was for me. I don't, I never even turned the TV on, uh, when I was in Paris, just because we were always out and about. And I think there's something about that, about not, not becoming, getting in the habit of wanting to go to work and then, you know, come home, sit on the couch for hours and just numb yourself because, because of what's going on in your life. I, I feel like you don't want to run away from, from life, but you want to, you know, run with it, you know, set the pace, you know, do the things that, that are important for you to doing. And, and like Caitlin says, don't, don't wait to start doing them. If there's something that's, that's nagging you and you have a almost like a gut feeling about what it is that you're trying to do, do that thing. Don't listen to, you know, your mind because your mind will trick you in so many different ways and say, oh, and start throwing doubt in there. And, and the ego will come in. What if you fail? Who cares? Everybody fails. And that's the only way you're going to yeah. be able to, to keep on moving. So, yeah. So thanks for sharing that. Cause that's, that's, that's just got me smiling and saying like, like thinking of like the possibilities of, 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 of all the different things that we can do. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think when you were just saying that, it reminded me for me, even just the biggest thing that I've learned on this journey so far, you know, cause I've been trying to work full time, do this blog and I have so many ideas of right. what I want to do, but I've realized that I need to just act just one small step and one small action. Um, it can go a really, really far away. Absolutely. So I I do want to switch, um, topics a little bit and and just get to talk about, you know, your experiences traveling, but, and also like what, what your daily life is as far as, you know, how you balance working and then being able to actually experience the places that you're in. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll go with the, the balance first. Um, this, the biggest challenge of this lifestyle has been finding the balance. Um, when I was at home, I had a very, uh, a routine. It was like work, go to the gym, do this, do that. Um, and that was my routine. But when you're in a new country every month, it's your environment and your surrounding is different. You don't know, you know, you have to figure out where you are, um, which, you know, there's that learning curve of getting to a new place. You don't know where the grocery store is and all that stuff you have to figure out. Um, For me, I think when you're living this lifestyle, you're really, I read this before I started this journey and I don't even know that I believed it, but I was like, okay, whatever. I need to put it in my proposal to pitch an employer to let me work remotely. So it's like, oh, it sounds good. I'm going to put it in there. But it's actually really true. Um, When you are working and living when you're living this lifestyle there's a million things you can do every day there is I have my work I have the place I want to see you want to connect with locals there's the 75 people I'm traveling with that I want to get to know and I think you need to realize that well for me I realize there's a lot I can do every day but it's about prioritizing Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to really look at you know what is most important to you 
Um, so for me, obviously the job comes first because it gives me this lifestyle. Um, but because I have the flexibility in my job, I, I can't really say I, I don't, I wouldn't really say I have a routine. I'm still figuring that out. Um, and I think I've started to figure out the whole balance part. Um, it is, it's tricky. Um, but for me, I guess my daily life would be, you know, if it's, I'm finding in Asia, there's, you know, I'm in Thailand right now and there are beautiful days and there are beaches and I, I make the decision, okay, I want to go and enjoy the beach today. So I'm going to do that, but it means I'm going to have to work at night from like 4 p.m. to midnight. Mm -hmm. And I never thought I'd be happy to say that I'm happy to work nights, <laughs> but, when it, but when it means you're spending the day at the beach in Thailand, mm -hmm. you're totally fine with that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, today was a rainy day, so I worked during the day. Um, so it, it sort of changes every day just based on what's going on. Um, I'm trying to just recently, because um, this whole lifestyle is, you just, I've grown and learned so much more than I could have imagined. Um, so just recently, I've really been trying to, I, I've sort of realized that this isn't a vacation and this is, this is my life. And, mm -hmm. you know, before I used to read and work out and this and that, um, and I didn't do those things when I started traveling. And I started to realize, okay, this is my life. I still need to do those things that I did in my life before. And it's made me, um, you know, I feel more myself and just more, I guess, more of a sense of calm. So right, I, right. I make sure I prioritize those things that are important to me and I still include those things in my life. Um, just, again, with the whole reading thing, I used to read before the program and then I you know, stopped. And now that I've started again, it feels so great. Mm. Um, every day is you just sort of have to, you know, think about your priorities and it is a balancing act all the time. Um, mostly, you know, my evenings and weekends are my, my spare time just as everyone has. And yeah, it's just prioritizing how I spend that time. That's awesome. Um, you, you talked about uh, working. So are you actually putting in like a eight hours or is it more like you have a project that you need to get done with? So for me, the way my situation works is I have to work uh, like seven to eight hours every day. Mm -hmm. So it's not project-based. It's, okay, uh, no matter what needs to be done, I need to be working seven or eight hours a day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that some people get confused. I think a lot of people think that we're just on vacation. <laughs> and I think a lot of people need to realize, like, no, we're, we're here to work. Um, and it can be challenging sometimes because you see all these people when you're in Thailand, everyone's on vacation. So you see all these people that are, you know, enjoying their time all the time. They don't have to worry about going to work. Um, but you very much so have to still work when you're a digital nomad. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. But okay, that makes a lot more sense to me because I'm thinking like at first, you know, you just have an assignment and then you're like, oh, you got it done. And then you're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> Just go hang yeah. out for the rest of the day. Okay, cool. And then, yeah. so you mentioned, you know, getting back into like the things that you did back at home, um, like reading, working out. What, how was that, you know, fitting into over there? Is it is it sort of the same, you know, gyms um, and, and things so you can work up, work on your physical health? 
Well, okay. So the reading thing was one of the things I did before, which I've now started to do. Um, the working out part, still working on, working on. <laughs> so I can't tell you the situation. I think what was hard for me is that um, before I left, I, I, you know, I had my gym, I had the routine and the equipment that I would use all the time. And now it's different every month. And I think when you're traveling abroad, it's more of a, I'm going to go for a run outside and do, you know, workouts that you can just do in your living room, those sort of things. And I, I haven't been good at, those weren't my type of workouts before. Okay, right. So it's just learning to adapt, which is another big thing that you will learn as a digital nomad is you really have to be adaptable. Um, just in so many ways hopefully it's obvious but um <laughs> yeah a lot of things come up when you're traveling and you just have to you just have to go with it right um another thing that i really liked doing before was meditating mm -hmm. and i didn't um when i started traveling i just wasn't meditating anymore so just bringing that back into my life so a lot of these things that i did were just I guess more maybe habits versus having something physical that okay. i needed right um so it's just about, you know, I, I was my, the only person that was stopping me from doing those things were, was myself. Mm. Um, and I realized that I needed to, you know, bring that back into my life. And even just making sure I focus on, you know, make, making sure I Skype my family often and stay in touch with my friends. Um, just because I'm traveling, you know, those as I said, like this is my life now and those people are important and it's about, you know, making sure you still find time for them as well um, because it's not just a vacation and time goes by and life flies, oh, yeah, flies by. <laughs> really um, so it's just about, you know, all those little things add up and it's important. Okay, so what are you reading right now? The 4-Hour Workweek. Okay, okay, cool. Yes. Yeah, I've read that book a bunch of times. It's that God, I feel like when you read that book, it's... And for those of you listening in or watching the video, definitely check out that book because it will just have you thinking about things that you just didn't even consider before and have you taken action. I mean, probably way sooner than you ever imagined as far as uh, on what's possible in your life. So that's cool. That's one of my mm -hmm. favorites. And then, um, yeah, what, what, what are I some, think oh, go ahead. Can I just, I just want to say, yeah. I think the biggest thing is that people read these books and they think, wow, cool, but no one acts. The yeah. biggest thing is you have to act on it. If everyone read that book and acted on it, there would be a lot of happy people in the world because oh they God. would be living that life. And just reading the first part about, you know, the whole remote work thing and mm -hmm. I can relate to that because I'm doing it and I really think that the biggest thing is I've read so many books before and it's great to read it and feel inspired, but if you don't act, that's what you're being inspired by, nothing's going to happen. You, It's literally on you to act to make it happen. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that because it's the reading is one thing, like you said, but application, you know, actually take the time to do those things because life will get away from you before you know it and you'll wake up one day and be like, holy shit, how did I get here? Like, what what happened? <laughs> so, so, yeah, definitely yeah. make sure you take the time to, you know, act on on the material that you're filling your mind with because that's the only way to grow yeah. from it and i think another point sorry mm -hmm. from the book that i find is yeah. really great is that so many people think that they have to they're forced to this nine to five job so that this end goal of retirement then they're going to be free 
but like, why can't you be free and happy now and have those, you know, people say, oh, when I retire, I'm going to travel, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to, I'm going to learn language, I'm going to do this and that. You can do those things in your life. And mm-hmm. it's just so sad that people would wait 60 years to, before doing anything. Um, you can, like right now for me, it's, you know, I'm able to do all these things that people think of, oh, when I retire, like I'm doing my traveling and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I know I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like, don't pretty much what I hear you like, saying. Live your is, life now. Right, right. Live it, live it yeah. now. Don't leave it now. You don't have to wait. Subscribe to this. So much awesome. Right. Don't subscribe yeah. to this, this, this thing that all oh, this is how it's always been done. So that's what you got to do to like, don't, don't settle for that. If anything, you you mm-hmm. deserve more for your life and whatever it is you want to do. If someone is saying like, well, you have to do it this way because it's always been done this way, then you're not at the right place. Yeah. And I think another really important thing for people to realize is that people are going to have a lot of, you're going to say something and everyone's going to doubt you. Um, like, I'm not going to say everyone's going to doubt you, but you're going to have people that doubt you. But one of the things that I've, I've always considered when making decisions or pursuing a goal is I think, okay, someone's, for example, I'd have people tell me like, you should get this job or you should do this because then you'll be financially secure. Mm -hmm. And I look at them and I'm like, but you're not financially secure. So why would I listen to your advice? Unless you're a millionaire telling me, you know, if you're Warren Buffett and you're going to tell me how to make a million, I'll listen to you. But if you're, if you're in the same situation as everyone else and you're trying to give me advice, I'm not going to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people take advice from these doubters that have nothing to back them up. Mm. Um, you know, even working remotely, so many people could say, oh, that's not possible, um, this or that. But they've never, like, they have no basis on to make that judgment because those people haven't, haven't been there. So you right. really need to look at, you know, your idols and these people that are achieving great things and think about, you know, what their advice would be. And usually the advice is to go against the grain of what everyone else is doing. Absolutely. But I just, I, I think so many people let other people get in their heads, um, but those people are not qualified to make those judgments or, you know, give that advice. Um, unless someone's an expert and they're inspiring you and say, I want to live exactly like you, mm-hmm. then that's the person you want to listen to. Yes, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I think that's, really great that you said that i'm also curious you know you've gone to different places now uh maybe uh memorable experience you've had so far other than like obviously getting the the experience this new amazing lifestyle um or or funny experiences that you look back on it was like wow that was that was really cool that we got to do that i have a lot of different experiences <laughs> it depends which one you're looking for i have like the crazy stories, the, the good stories of like cool, great, memorable moments. Um, what's what's the crazy story? Well, there's a, a this is about being a oh okay this is about being adaptable, but whatever it happened. So we were um, switching countries and okay. we were taking a bus between countries, and um, we got on the bus and we don't have a bathroom on the bus and we're on the bus for like twelve hours. So we're told that the bus driver will stop whenever we want to stop to use the washroom. And the the bus driver refused to stop. And I had to go to the washroom. So (laughs) this is going to be way TMI for public. Um, 
so I didn't have very many options. Right. Um, I don't know how much to go into detail here. <laughs> I think we got so. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't pee myself, but I maybe had to try to like use a funnel and pee into a, a bottle. Um, but in in a closet area combined, it wasn't in public, but. Um, that was a crazy story. I won't forget that because I never ever had to be in that type of situation. That was, oh, that was interesting. Um, jumping off. I don't even know if we should have said that. Um, another great experience I had is, um, there's so many great experiences. Um, I find a lot of the times it's, it's the people that are making these experiences great for me when I would. When I was in Croatia, I met some locals. And when you're traveling a lot, you don't really have a home-cooked meal or, you know, you're eating takeout. And I met these locals, and they invited me to their house for dinner. And it was so special to me because my family, before I left, every every Monday we would get together and all eat dinner together. It's almost like a Thanksgiving dinner every week. Um, so to sit at the table with their family and have a home-cooked meal and – be eating with, you know, like an actual plate and fork right. and knife and you not know, just take out um, and have that oh, home-cooked meal. It was just, it was so nice. It just so you felt at home. Um, and when I was in Bali, Bali was so special to me because there's this, I just felt so connected and there was such a good energy about Bali. And when I was there, I met so many interesting people. And I think that's the most interesting thing when traveling abroad. So some of the people I met in Bali, there is one guy I met when I was just in a cafe and he was this, maybe I think he was like 45, worked at PricewaterhouseCooper, very okay. senior. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't creepy or anything. We were just talking. Right. <laughs> um, but he, it was just so interesting to, to like hear and learn and be able to connect with someone. You know, it's in Canada, I'm not going every day like, hey, I'm going to, talk with some 45-year-old from PricewaterhouseCooper, like, just, right. you know, it, it's, it's not something that happens. So, I found when you're traveling, everyone's very open to learning about one another. Um, I've met another digital nomad that was telling me um, tips on how to make a passive income online, and it was something that I was very, I really wanted to start, but I, I was sort of lost on where to start, mm-hmm. um, just like some people are lost in this digital nomad, how to work remotely. So he gave me some great resources, and I met this other guy that was an author of of this book, and it was sort of, um, I should probably mention it, because it's probably very related. Um, it's called Who Says You Can't, You okay. Do. So it's just about how people let that, um, the voices in their head stop them. That's yeah. the only thing that's having people stop them. So I just had a really good conversation um, with him, because, you know, we really relate to just going after what you want. Um, so I think the most, you know, there have been great experiences where you see really cool things and that's great. Um, but I really think it's about like the energy and the people you're around and just really taking in these moments. Um, and the hardest part for me is that because I'm blogging, I try to capture everything by camera. There's just so many moments that you can't capture by camera and it's just about, finding the balance of, you know, you just sometimes have to just take in the moment, but yeah, it's, um, yeah. No, I, I, totally, I totally get that. So it's, it's the moments with 
the people that 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 just sort of like make everything special and and memorable. So that so that's awesome. And can you say the name of that book again? Who says you can't? Who says you, you do. Can't? You do. Okay. I believe that is the name. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So I'll, I'll make sure I'll add. You know all the things that Caitlin was talking about to the show notes. And then, gosh, you know, time has flown by and I've had a great time, you know, listening to your story and, and, and getting to know how, how your mind works and, and, and the shows and your actions and you're living out through your truth. Um, two final questions. One mm -hmm. is um, call to action. You know, what, what is your call to action for us or, or your, your overall message that you want to get across? Um, I think the biggest thing is that I think a lot of people get stuck in these societal standards of what they should be doing versus what they want to do. And I think that people just need to go after what they want in life. Um, the universe is big. It's a big world. It's just crazy to be wasting your life on something that's not meaningful or that you're happy about. Um, I would say that, just letting go of the fear and acting. Okay. Um, I think once people start doing that and realize what the outcomes will be, like I said for myself, it started out as these small things. Um, and then I realized it just gave me the the courage to keep doing it. I mean, just you, you can't be afraid to fail. Um, there's been times where things don't work out for me, but you just, you got to keep going. You just, um, you can't. Can't be afraid of that failure. Every successful person and inspiring person that I look up to, they've all failed. And it's just how you bounce back from that. Mm. Yeah. And then final question, what what would be your definition of uh, fulfilling life's yearnings? That's a good one. Okay. I think that my definition would be um, you just have to look at what makes you happy and what makes you, you know, when you're happy you know, it's important to be a good person. And I think that, you know, going after what you want and following your passion um, and not being scared. And I think that, I don't know if that's the best definition. It's perfect. <laughs> um, it's sort of what I was saying before. Um, yeah, I think you just have to, you'll really feel fulfilled. For me, I've, gone after what I wanted and I feel so fulfilled and there's more I obviously want to achieve I'm so grateful and so happy and you know it doesn't take a million dollar paycheck to make me happy mm -hmm. um, I think you really need to people need to really look at what makes them happy and what are their passions and do anything to pursue that and you know not listen to people's doubts and be courageous Perfect. We'll leave it there. And then where can we see what you're doing? Um, what do you have coming up next that we can um, follow along and, and connect with you on? Yeah, so I have my blog, The Remote Nomad. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, I have my blog. And, you know, I'm, I know there's a lot of people that are passionate about living this lifestyle, and I'm passionate about it. I've 
you know, and it makes my life so happy and fulfilled. And I want to share that with people and I want people to experience this happiness and this greatness. And, you know, I, I really hope to, you know, help people, um, I really hope to help people live this lifestyle, but I also want to, you know, motivate and inspire people to go after their goals. Not everyone wants to travel the world, although a lot of people do, mm-hmm. but I think that the basis is just like not being scared and just, you know, going after what you want in life. Life is, can be so great to you when you just go after these things. Um, but yeah, so I, I, on my blog and on my social media accounts, I, you know, document my journey and I try to help people and give tips on, you know, how they can live this lifestyle of a digital nomad. That's awesome. So that was Caitlin Smith joining me today on Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And I just got to say, Caitlin, you know, I, I love the way that the energy just radiates from you, you know, like you have that light inside of you that just... It just shines out. I mean, it's it's put me in a great mood today. I, I was um, very glad that I got to spend some time with you and, and just to hear your story and, and and to talk about the things that you're passionate about. So so that's awesome. Um, so thank you again for that. And then um, I really do look forward to seeing what you're doing next and, and staying connected with you. Great. Thank you, Blake. All right. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is located on the homepage, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.